is Mark Christopher Lawrence, probably best known as Big Mike from the TV show Chuck, but you can watch me on pureflix.com on my talk show, Pure Comedy. You're listening to the Atomic Podcast, where Ephraim blows up the news on a verbal scale. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Ephraim Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Ephraim Guzman. My guest today, he's an actor, stand-up comedian, voiceover artist. He's done it all. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Christopher Lawrence. Mark, how are you this morning or afternoon or evening? How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good, Ephraim. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Um, just... You know, in the Midwest life, formerly from New York City, so right now is like the life out here is very much trees and grass and deers and whatnot. Um, how about your area? <laughs> well, I'm in San Diego, you know, America's finest city, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it's called? It's called America's finest city? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Um, how was your upbringing like? Like, where did you grow up at? I grew up in Compton, California, um, you know, uh, during the height of the rise of the Bloods and Crips. Um, actually, I saw the change in Compton. We, we moved there in 69, so we were the second black family on our street. <laughs> you sound like the Midwest, like where I'm at now. I'm like the like the, hey, the, the, third, little... <laughs> the third Spanish guy here. <laughs> Hilarious. It was a little different back then, though, you know, it yeah. was 69 and, and, uh, and Compton, you know, still a little... Uh, uh, backwards. Yeah. And um, by 74, all the white families had moved out and the gangs had moved in. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was very different. Oh, man. So is it like the movies you like the movies you see, like those Compton movies? Was it even worse than that? Was it like really? Well, I mean, it's hard to tell because like it's like uh, it's just where I lived. You know, like, like if you put a frog in a pot of cold water and turn the fire on, slowly bringing it up to boil, the frog will keep sitting there. Because he doesn't realize that the water is 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 changing to a temperature that's going to kill him. Yeah. So uh, you know when you're immersed in to that environment and it just changes while you're in it, you don't see it the way the media sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, so so yeah, it was bad, but but I didn't. It was just the way of life, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm originally from New York City, Spanish Harlem, and you know, people like, oh my god, you're from that area, but it was like second nature. Like I didn't really think of nothing of it because I was brought up that way. So it was like, you know, like a corner store bodega. You see chicken bones on the floor, but that was like normal to me, you know. Like don't, right. you know, you didn't bat an eye about it. Now, you know, now it's all genderfied now, so it's like totally different from when I when I was living there. So. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because Compton now was it's turning that corner. It's it's uh, uh, mostly Latino now, but okay. it it's um, starting to gentrify, mm-hmm. and you know you find these hipsters like moving back into Compton, which is really interesting. <laughs> like single doctors or whatnot, or yeah, I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Right. Oh man, and, and um, how was school for you out there? Was school like tough? Did like, you ever get like bullied around or like you got mugged or anything like that? Was it tough out there? Well, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get bullied because you know, I was an athlete and okay. um, and uh, you know student athlete and and I was funny. So you know, generally people didn't mess with me. Um, whenever I did have an issue, I could handle myself. Okay. And and uh, and usually I could get out of it just by being funny. So. Uh 
You see, funny equals money, and funny always works, right? Like if you're if you're like <laughs> if you're like the class clown, you make people laugh. Like nobody wants to mess with you. Like oh, I want to hang out with him, man. He's funny and what not, right? That's pretty much what it was. Like so, you could back it up, and you could make them laugh. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't necessarily the class clown, but you know, back then we did a lot of uh, you know your mama jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> which which generally would end up in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Cause, oh my cause god! Sometimes you, you hit a little too close to home. Yeah, <laughs> and then somebody wants to fight. I, I think I think the best your mama joke I heard is your mama's so fat when she wears an X pack X jacket, helicopters land on her back. <laughs> I, I think my my favorite one is a George Wallace uh, your mama joke, and he says uh, your, your mama's so fat she's got a real horse on her polo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Miss George Wallace! Oh, man, he's so funny. Yup. <laughs> oh man, crazy funny. Oh man, I'm sorry. I, I I digress. Um, so in school, you know, you it it was cool for you. you had a lot of friends, right? And you know, and, and you was a big guy too. I wasn't that big. I, I um, you know, I was I was undersized for for the position that I played in football, but but I um. Uh, I had a lot of friends because I was an athlete. I was student body president in my, my senior year. I was, uh, you know, on the speech team. I ended up going to USC on a debate scholarship. Wow. So, so um, you know, I had I had friends on both sides. I had nerd friends and I had athlete <laughs> friends. So. so you was like you was like playing the middle, not necessarily playing the middle, but you know, you had friends of all places. Exactly. I exactly. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so what what led you into like? Um, um, the passion of getting involved in the entertainment field. Like, how did you went into that? Well, I tell you, um, when you're going into high school, you take um, an English proficiency exam, mm-hmm. and that uh, is how they determine which English class you're going to be in. And I ended up in the highest English English class for those the incoming sophomores because my school started in tenth grade. Because um, back then it's like you know junior high was seventh, eighth, and ninth, and and then the high school started tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and so um, I ended up in this English class where it was just a bunch of brainiacs. I used, I used to always say that I'm the dumbest guy in the highest English class, <laughs> and all these all these athletes would pass by and look at the room like, "What are you doing in there? I don't know. Apparently, I can read." <laughs> and and um, that teacher. Um, Mrs. Schilling yeah. got me involved in speech and debate, and uh, I did my first play with her, uh, which was Bus Stop, and I, we took it to the Literary Olympiad for the Compton Unified School District, and I won Best Actor in Compton Unified School District, and that was the beginning of it. Wow. So she was pretty much your biggest influence to becoming involved in the entertainment field? Yeah. I, I like to say that she changed my life. I am... Um, uh, just because uh, some of the some of the guys I was hanging out with were kind of gangsterish, mm-hmm. and um, all of a sudden I didn't have time to hang out, you know, because she had me going to speech tournaments and um, doing these acting competitions, and and because of that, you know, I had no real free time. Uh, when when football season was over, or wrestling season was over, then my weekends were taken up by working on speeches or working on a play. And it was all her that that got me involved in this, and I'm doing what I do today, uh, specifically and directly because of her influence in my life. Uh, in fact, stand-up comedy, um, she introduced me to this, this guy Perry Brents, who helped 
to uh, you know this whole stand-up comedy thing. Oh wow! <laughs> so stand-up comedy has your parents ever discouraged you from getting involved in the business or no? No, no. Um, um, you know, my mom wanted me to to be happy. You know, it's like she early on wanted me to go to go to the military because all my cousins had been in the military and these recruiters they would come to the school mm. and um i would take them to classes and you know because i was student body president i took them to classes and introduced them and they were really after me trying to get me to go because they, they were like you know, we'll get you on a fast track into an officer's program and i was like mm, nah that's not for me and they kept i was in college two years and this one recruiter's marine recruiter kept calling my mom going hey how's he doing in college is he okay because you know we still have a place for him i was like <laughs> i told my mother i said i said i don't wanna, i can't go to the service i don't like you telling me what to do <laughs> <laughs> Right, especially listening to a total stranger telling you to make your bed, do give me fifty and whatnot. Right, you know? <laughs> right. And so, and so for my mother, I mean, it was just all about you know you, you do what makes you happy. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, I was going to be a lawyer, and when I went to USC on Bates Scholarship, I, that, that was the plan. Uh, and um, I took a voice class mm. for centering and speaking, and but to pass the class, you had to do two songs and two monologues. Wow. And my, my instructor, uh, after I did that, said, hey, uh, you should audition for the acting program here at USC. And I was a junior at that point. Uh, uh, and I, I did. He, he coached me for the audition, and I got in. And it's a four-year program, and they put me in as a sophomore. So uh, I did three years. Mm -hmm. um, they added three people to that class that year. It was me, um, young lady Sabina Weber and Tommy Ford yeah. uh, Tommy uh, was one of my best friends he just he passed yeah um, yeah the late Tommy Ford yeah yeah the, you know Tommy and I you know we, we used to say we were the 100% of the black population of the UFC drama department <laughs> in our class <laughs> oh man um, and so so that that really is where uh, the shift started toward acting because at that point you know i was a junior i got into this program and then started working professionally the same year wow it's amazing man so um, um you started working professionally um what do you mean like you was like involved in doing like commercials or something or uh, well that that year i did a, uh, a play at the los angeles theater center oh wow um it was uh, Anthony and Cleopatra. It was my first audition for you know, a major play, mm -hmm. and they signed me to an equity con a union contract first play. And then that same year, uh, my first TV job was Hill Street Blues. Wow. Um, it was my. It was actually my first audition for a TV show, and I walked in and, and I see all these people that I've been growing up watching on TV. I was a little overwhelmed, you know, but it made me relax. I was like, wow. If they want Huggy Bear, clearly they don't want me. So, <laughs> so I did my audition, and, and it was on the machine before I got home. Then I got the job, and um, and it, which was the best thing to ever happen to me because you know a lot of times it's like you go to an audition, you you worry about you know did I get it or and it'll drive you crazy. And so I I went home, it was on the machine, and then for the next year, every audition I'd run home and check my machine, and then it just dawned on me I'm not going to get them all. Yeah. And so I'm able to go in now and do the audition and let it go. Yeah. 
Wow. You know, and I'll get the ones that I'm going to get, and, and the ones that I don't, there's something better coming. Yeah. Um, Hill Street Blues, you was, you was, um, I remember I used to, they, they gave that show a lot when I was a kid. I was born in the 70s, so I was, like, young. I never really, like, watched it religiously. Was it, was you a character? Oh, right. <laughs> was you a character actor on that show, or? Yeah, yeah, I played, I played the only drug dealer I've ever played in my career. <laughs> wow. All right, so you never yeah. got stereotyped like that, only that one time you played a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, I, play, I played one drug dealer, and I played two pimps <laughs> in my whole career. And that's, you know, and, 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 and which is a good thing, I think, I think, um, I, I think probably if, if I had a scar through my face or something, I, I, my career may be in a little bit different place right now, just because um, in that period when I was coming up, there were a lot of those uh, uh, sort of black um, uh, gangbanger kind of movies. Yeah. And I was in that age range, but I wasn't booking those parts because, you know, you look at me, it's like, in fact, I had a cash that could say, um, they had me hold and wait until they read everybody. And then she and the producers called me back in and said, you know, we just want to tell you that we thought you read better than anybody that came in for this role. Um, but we, we don't want you to walk away thinking that uh, you didn't do a good job because you were fantastic and everybody loves you. Um, but we see this role as, as just physically the guy is has a harder look and we just want to hug you. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Like, well, hug away and hire a brother. There. <laughs> you know, but 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 I mean but that but the flip side of that is that because of that, I end up playing a lot of a lot of different things. So I I don't I'm not sort of pigeonholed as like you know the gangbanger. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you get do you, um um do you get tired of when people say, "Oh, you're a character actor," or you own that? Like you know, oh, he's a character actor. He was in this and this and this and that. Like, do you do you like that right. terminology? People don't people don't really say that to me, but really, but, um, oh. no. But but I mean, clearly that's what I am. It's like, and I, yeah. and I like that because because I I try to bring something different every time. You know, when you see me acting, it's like it's not it's not the same thing. It's like you don't see me play yeah. uh, myself like, like a lot of a lot of stars kind of play themselves that's their that's their main character and they play that you know throughout their careers you know you look at like big stars especially like back in the old days you know uh, um, you see these guys playing the same thing all the time like you look at like De Niro for example yeah uh, he was always that sort of gangster and played it that way yeah um and then I think, you know, recently with, with uh, Meet the Fockers and all that, I mean, he showed his very comedic side. Um, but it's still kind of the same guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you, you look at, like, Gary Oldman, and every time you see him, he's very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm striving to be. Yeah, like a, almost like a, um, like Daniel Day-Lewis. When he gets into a role, he's just that role. Like, he's just so absolutely, immersed in it. absolutely. Daniel Dewey was uh, like 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 somebody that's 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 not um, that wasn't like you know uh, uh, a lead actor, but a, a strong supporting actor was was a, a guy named J T Walsh. J T Walsh. Okay. He was in tons of stuff, and he was always different. It was like he he was the quintessential character actor. So he's one of those guys that you see all the time. And and he could still go to the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like certain certain places that 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 I go. It's like it's kind of hard to to get around. Like like in San Diego during Comic Con, 
Um, it's it's kind of hard to walk around Comic Con because I, I tend to get get bogged down with people wanting autographs and pictures because of uh, Chuck. It's like there's, yeah. there's a lot of Chuck fans that show up at, at Comic Con. Yeah. Um, but but um, like JT Walsh is one of those guys who could just sort of blend in and go anywhere, but he was always working. Yeah. Consider that yourself the same because you're always working yourself too. Well, you know, it's like I mean, this business is is, is very fickle. I mean, there's yeah. ups and downs, and and but but I definitely consider myself, you know, a character actor, and and I like it. I like being able to to play different roles and to be able to um, you know, just just go to the store, go to the car wash. The other day, <laughs> yeah. the other day, I was I was at the store, and uh, this guy passes by me. And he does a double take, and he goes, "Hey." Hey man! Hey, you, you're at the Vons. <laughs> I, I was like, "Yeah, that's where they have the food." <laughs> he goes, "He goes, I, I mean, he said, I'm sorry, I'm tripping." He said, "But I, I see you on TV." I was like, "Yeah, but I eat." <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Yeah, that's the thing, because when I used to live in New York, you run into a lot of people because they'll live, like, in the Lower East Side because, like, the Broadway shows are on 42nd Street, so you'll see, like, right, a lot right. of celebrities and whatnot. Like, I know back in the days, I used to get starstruck. I'm like, oh, shit, you know? So Chris Rock just passed me. Like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> like, uh-huh. he uh-huh. actually he actually walks the street. He actually takes the subway. Like, you know, who does that, you know? <laughs> you know, you just get in shock. Like, you know, like... They can drink Starbucks too. They can spend money on McDonald's. Wow, you know, like you know, you just get amazed, you know. And it's here, like living in the Midwest, you don't see nobody. So you know, like I, I guess I can understand from the guy's aspect, like, oh my God, he's driving his car. He doesn't have nobody driving him. What's going on? You know, <laughs> you know people have this misconception. You know, that's what it is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, mean, I always tell people that. that- you know, I mean, I'm an actor, you know, and a comedian. I'm, I'm not, you know, this is not important work. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is work that I like to do, and it, 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 it uh, fulfills my creative need. I said, but, you know, we're not saving lives with this. <laughs> with this. Yeah. this is, you know, it's not brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. It just you know you're in you're in his house probably for like two hours and then he'll catch you in another movie like you're in this house again so it's like you know people yeah. feel like they know you like oh man you know I just watched yeah. you the other day you know I saw you in Tales exactly. from the like me I mean, like I remember like I remember him from Tales of the Hood you know like, <laughs> and Rusty just did another one he just did a, a, a another Tales from the Hood oh really yeah oh yeah, it, hopefully hopefully we're gonna do another Fear of a Black Hat. Oh wait, so wait, so, so go back to Tales from the Hood. So all all the original cast is back, or no, no, oh. all those guys, remember all those guys get yeah, yeah. So uh, Clarence is not back. He didn't he didn't come back to do it. So oh. um, uh, David Keith, is it Keith David? Keith, Keith David, yeah, yeah, Keith, Keith David. David. Yeah. Keith David is 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 playing that that role that Clarence played. He's the voice of Goliath, right? From Gargoyles. I remember him. That's where I remember him from. Keith yeah, David. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's the voice of all the Navy commercials. Yes, yes. And with Roddy Piper, that fight scene. And, um, oh, what was that? They Live, right? Right. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a, that, that's a good replacement. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Very strong and, and a really good guy, too. Oh, can you talk about that a little bit? Or that's still in production? Or. Uh, I think they're in post now. I think they they um, 
I, I didn't work on it. It was just Rusty and I are really good friends. So, oh, um, okay. so they shot uh, this past couple of months, and I think they're, I think they wrapped up. Oh, so probably coming out next year then, right? Uh, probably so. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, I had no idea. Wow, you schooled me on that. <laughs> um, how would you describe your yourself in your terms of your attitude and your personality? Like when people say like they meet you, how do they? You know, how would somebody say you are? You know. Uh, that I'm down to earth. Down to um, earth. I'm, yeah, I'm just a regular dude, man. That's, that's why I carry myself. I'm a regular guy. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm a little shy. So uh, if I'm not in a situation where where I just got off stage or, or I'm getting ready to go on stage, you know, my my stage persona is very different from uh, me in real life. And um, what happens is when people first meet me. You know, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm friendly to everybody, but I'm a little closed. It's like I don't just open the book and let you read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's it is because I'm a little shy. But 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 beyond that, um, I'm just a regular dude. And to most people that that I meet, you know, they get that. Yeah. Um. You know, you're involved in a lot of things, acting, stand up, and whatnot. Um. Which is I, and they're all your passions, I know that, but which one you gravitate to the most? I, I, I like live performance. I like, really? I like okay. stand-up. I like doing live plays because you get immediate feedback from the audience. Mm, okay. And I think as a performer, you know, that, that feeds that, that, that beast, you know, uh, that's within. And, and like as a stand-up, you know right now if you suck. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can fix it while you're on stage, or you can fix it tomorrow. And it's the same thing with the play. But with TV and film, you have no control over over your your performance other than what you do. You don't really know what the camera sees. I don't look at the the monitor in between because I might change what I'm trying to do. And um, like for example, in, in Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, there's a scene where he comes to me to get his fourteen dollars, and um, my best take was the second take. Yeah. And I remember it very vividly. This was my best take. and um, But they didn't use my best take in the film. They used his best take. Mm. Okay. You know, and so I had no control over which take was going to be used. And um, so it, it's, it's liberating to, to do live because you have control over what, what's going on in the moment. And then, like you, and then, have you ever had to deal with like hecklers or whatnot? Like, does that like set you off your game if someone's just like not feeling it and just like ragging no, on you? No, no, yeah. no, oh. no, no. I had, I had, I've only had one situation where uh, uh, a heckler dis- disrupted the show, but it really had nothing to do with me. He was disrupting the whole show. It's like he um, he came to the he and his his. Uh, Companion, they came to the first. When I got to the to the to the venue, they were in the parking lot arguing. He and this, this lady, yeah. and um, so they ended up not going into the first show. But they came to the second show, and from the green room, I could hear him on the monitor talking during everybody's act that went before me. And so uh, I go up and I start acting, and she's like shushing him, and he's and he's, you know, uh, cursing at her and, uh, and telling her that he's funnier than me, and this and the other, and just disrupting the show. 
and um, uh, before it was over, they they eventually had to bounce him from the club. But uh, that was the, that, that was the only time that I've had a heckler that that sort of didn't really throw me off my game. I just you know let let the house do what they do. Normally, I just like I give whoever's trying to talk, try to help out, as I call it, I give them a gentle nudge, and then I give a slap on the hand, and then if that does, if that it's not enough that I take five minutes and and let them be part of the act. <laughs> <laughs> so you incorporated into your, your your act, right? You make them a part of it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if you if you have a need to be seen, because you know, the thing is, it's like it's like when I'm on stage and you're in the audience, and and if you're talking while I'm trying to talk, what part of the scenario in your head makes that okay? All the lights are facing me. All the eyes of the audience are facing yeah. me. Why are you talking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like when you go to the movies, you got that one person that talks during the movie. Everybody like, shh, shh. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't need a commentary while I'm watching a movie, you know? Like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, what has been your most memorable moment in entertainment so far? Oh, man, this been so many um i you know i, I think my, my first job you know at the los angeles theater center um and anthony cleopatra uh i think for me beating rosalind cash wow who who um you know i i knew her from uh the omega band yeah. which legend is kind of a uh, will smith's legend is, is kind of a yeah. remake of that movie she was also in tales and, from the um, hood too right she was also she was a, yeah. yeah in fact in fact i had a seat with her my seat yeah. was with her yeah and so she and i became really good friends and um i think that was one of my one of my favorite moments like like in, in fact that, that that play you know john goodman and i became friends and uh it was right before roseanne he in fact we were we were in previews when he booked Roseanne, wow. and so so you know just that, that I think because that was my first thing that it um, it sticks in my head, you know, and, and then the friendships that that came out of it yeah. stick in my head. Um, I mean, just work wise, I think Fear of a Black Hat is probably is probably uh, the project that I had most fun doing. Really? <laughs> even though it's so, even though it was so irreverent. Yeah. I mean, there's moments where it's like, shouldn't we be doing a clean take of this? <laughs> and uh, uh, but 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 clearly, you know, Chuck, um, the TV show Chuck has been, uh, you know, I think a thing that that has put me in a different place yeah. in my career. So so that's a good moment. And then now um, I'm recurring on a show called Malibu Dan. Yeah. On pureflix.com and and that show um, has been a, a lot of fun because just because of the content, it's 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 very wholesome, family friendly content, and then the people at Pureflix are really really cool. In fact, they uh, uh, gave me a, a six episode test of my of my talk show, mm. so we're in post production right now oh, wow. on my talk show, and it's called uh, Pure Comedy. Um, and it's 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 going to be a fun thing. It's it's one on one, me one on one with with stand up comedians that were clean. Oh wow, wow, that's in pure pure flicks. That's the one where they show like a lot of Christian films, right? Like God's Not Dead yeah. or not. Okay, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, what is is that a streaming service? I always see that. Like I always see that pop up. Yes. Like, on, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of a Christian version of Netflix. Ah, okay, okay. 
So, yeah. Okay. Oh, so like you're 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 gonna be so like you said your your talk show is gonna be like a clean comedy sh- talk show basically, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really funny. I've got I've got some really funny comics that that I've that I've worked with on there. Yeah. You get to know who the comics are, and then you get to see their stand up. Oh wow! But it has to be clean stand up, right? It can't be like raunchy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I got you. Ooh, that's gotta be exactly. interesting. Well, depending because that's what I mean. That's what my stand up is. My stand up is clean. It's like if, if you go on Facebook right now. Um, I have uh, two clips on there that one of them has 4.2 million views and uh, the other one has like a million point one views and it's it's that's for the dry bar right the dry bar yeah the dry bar yeah yeah. Yeah. and it's me doing my act the dry bar and it'll just squeak clean wow wow um like so like um, most of you like all of your stand up right it's pretty clean like there's nothing you Uh, get okay yeah yeah Okay. See, see, I started stand up in the eleventh grade, yeah. so I couldn't, I couldn't be dirty. <laughs> my mother would have killed me. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here to talk about it today. <laughs> well, Boy, that's... if you go out there, you say something that embarrassed me at this, at this church. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, um, what are the reactions you get from like, you know, like? Regular, like your close, close friends, like your friends, like you see every day or whatnot, like you know, you you know, you in the business, like they're like, oh, you're doing your thing and whatnot. Like, do they say anything like encouraging uh, or? Oh yeah, always. They're, 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 my close friends are very supportive. I have a very tight circle of friends, and okay. um, uh, you know, some of them are in L.A., uh, some of them are in D.C., San Francisco, um. And San Diego, and the ones that I see most often are the ones clearly the ones here in San Diego, and um, you know they're they're guys who you know served our military. Uh, one of my friends is, is a is one of five black master divers in naval history. Wow. Um, one of them is uh, you know worked for Navy Special Warfare as a comms officer. You know, have a couple of friends that are SEALs. And for me, you know, their jobs are way more important than my jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, I more look up to them. But uh, I always say that they look up to me. But, but they love what I do and are very supportive. And, and in fact, if there's something that I need, if I'm, if I'm trying to produce a show or whatever, you know, they help me produce. It's like they'll go in their pockets and help me get something done. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, very supportive friends that, 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 uh, and I think that's really important to have people around you that respect what you do and, and encourage you to do it. And that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, have you had any, uh, regrets in life? No, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't look at, I don't look at life as regrets. I, I, I look at things, I mean, there's things in life that, 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 you know, you're disappointed of. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you try to learn from those disappointments and, and move forward. Yeah. Um, clearly, I mean, there's, there's things in, in life that, that I wish I would have done something different, but, but I don't regret it. I, I look at it and go, okay, uh, let me take this life lesson and try to apply it. And then next time if I'm in this situation, I'll do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but I think, I think that's important is that, is that we learn as we go and, you know, there's no manual to tell you to tell you you know this is the way 
you live each moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I, and I use the, I guess the Bible as a manual. Yeah. <laughs> you follow that, chances are you get it right. Um, but sometimes we, we don't we don't get it right, and I think that's 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 part of our fallen nature. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so because of it, you know, uh, we don't handle every situation yeah. uh, to the to the best of our ability. I think I think sometimes we fail miserably at life. Yeah, and when, and when we do, you know, it's not it's not that you fail. It's it's uh, how do you recover, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you how do you change and grow from that failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. All right. Um, um, being a Christian, um, are you mindful of the roles you choose or that doesn't necessarily matter or? Well, I, I look at it like this. I, I, I think, um, because I'm not in a position where I can pick and choose what I want to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of at that part where, where whatever comes, I audition for it. I get what I'm, what I'm going to get. And I think God opens the doors that he wants, wants me to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as, as an actor, um, you just want to work and you want to play something that's different from you. So if I'm playing a role that's, that's unsavory, um, you know, I think it's okay because there are unsavory people in, in the world and to play one of those characters is not, uh, uh, a commentary on who I am as a person. It's just a role. It's just a job. If you had the power, what one thing would you do to improve the industry? Wow. Gosh, so many things. I I think the one thing is I would, I would try to find a way to bring, uh, some sort of parity to, to, what it what it is uh and, and how people work I, I think i think uh there's such a big difference in pay scale and all that and, and i understand uh, you know it's like uh you don't really have any control over that as a, as a performer of, of what you're getting paid and what somebody else is getting paid um but i think i will try to find a way if i have the power to to make it more fair mm-hmm. you know i think i think um classic example lately in the, in the news was you know, monique yes yeah the netflix yeah, and that, yeah. Yeah, the netflix thing yeah. i mean clearly um there, there should be some kind of i don't know barometer to make that that more fair um mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. It ain't what it's, it ain't what it's not. I, you know, I, I can't worry about about those sorts of things. I think I just have to try to do the best work I can do. Yeah. And hopefully somebody will go, wow, we should pay him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, um, in your opinion on that, was she was she valid in her statement? Or you think that was just that, like, no? Do you agree with her? Um, I, 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 I agree that, that, that she... Um, didn't get what she that she she wasn't making the money or that she didn't get the offer that that she should have gotten based based on the way she puts butts in seats. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Okay. Um, what is the best single piece of advice you ever received about being in the entertainment field, or have you ever received any good advice? 
Uh, yeah, I've received. <laughs> I mean, you get a lot of advice <laughs> yeah. in this business, and some of it you, you, you take with a grain of salt. Um, uh, I think um, the best advice I ever got was uh, to be prepared. Be prepared. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was. Uh, I was working on Terminator Two, I believe it was, and I was having a conversation with Earl Bone, who plays the doctor. At the, yes, in, in yes, the, yes. I remember that Earl. scene. Yes, you opened the, the the door. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, and Earl said to me, he "says Look, he says, you know, he says when you go to auditions, he says when you go to work, he says just always be prepared. He says because you never know." You know how somebody perceives you, or or you never know how how you not being prepared is gonna affect you. He says like he says let's say we go to an audition and you and I are reading for the same part and you're not prepared. He says you're not gonna get a job because I'm ready. Yeah. He says so you need to be ready. So I'm, and 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 um, we were just talking about you know the industry in general. We weren't talking about me specifically, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great advice for me. It's like, so I always, I don't leave anything to chance. When I walk into the room for an audition, it's like, I'm ready. It's like, yeah. it's like if you see me there, I'm ready to go. Um, that piece of information uh, was valuable for me. And and I, I tell, I'll go and talk to schools and, and kids and college students. And I tell them that same thing. You have to be ready. It's like... Um, that's that's the job really is, is to be prepared and, and and because of it it's like terminated two i was supposed to work two days and ended up working six weeks wow you know and it was whatever james cameron threw at me uh he was like hey what would you say right here and i would say something he said yeah come on and it, it really stretched my role which was fantastic wow so what, it was a lot of improv in terminator two like he said what would you say like you just ad-lib what you were saying well, or well, for me it was because yeah. because the part I mean literally when I booked the part it was it was two lines and I was supposed to work two days. Yeah. And at the end of that first week I was like, Oh, I'm still here and ended up working like six weeks, which was yeah. great. Wow. And then working you know, being part of the Terminator franchise with Schwarzenegger, I know you must have been like, Holy crap, I'm here you know, like, wow, this is it. That yeah, was pretty cool. It was like, yeah. you know, was, uh, Arnold, I think, um, was great to work with. He was very funny. Yeah. yeah he, when he got to set, it was like, you hear people laughing the whole time. He was really <laughs> cool to work with. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I love hearing stories like that. Like you hear, like, people, like, you know, working with, like, you know, larger-than-life actors, and you hear how pretty much cool they are. Like, I hear a lot of good things about Sly Stallone, too, so it's just amazing to hear that, you know? Yeah. I, I um, you know, Burt Reynolds passed yesterday. Yes, yes. And yeah. I worked with him back in the day on uh, uh, Evening Shade. And he was, you know, he was a, a larger than life, you know, that's a great way to ex- express it. He's a larger than life kind of guy. But but at the same token, you know, you get to work, he's just down to earth, just a regular yeah. guy. Um, but he had, at that point, he had been a, a, a major star for 20 years, over 20 years, you know, yeah. and um, just really cool to work with and, and very nice. And, and uh, uh, it was it was great working with him. Uh, do you have a funny Burt Reynolds story? Um, he's shorter than, than I thought he was. Really? He looks so yeah. tall. Yeah. Well, he, he, you know, I guess he, <laughs> he, um. Cause he wears lifts. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, I was like, man, I gotta go find me some of those. I'll probably get some more parts if I can come into the audition six two. Wow. 
Wow. So what? He was like he was he was like five something or he's like he's shorter than me. I'm five ten, and he was shorter than me. What? Oh my god! Yeah. You just blew my mind right now. Oh my god! Yeah, we. I remember we were doing a a, a, a run through of the lines before we taped the show, and we and so uh, the the speed through was in his dressing room, yeah. and so I show up to the dressing room, and I'm the first one there, and, his, and, and he answers the door in his socks. And he's like shorter than me. I'm like, why is he shorter than me? And then I see his shoes over to the side, and it's like, it's like, oh, his shoes are shaped different. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that was a kid. You know, it's like that was like '92. Yeah. How long? How long was that? Um, serious on Evening Shade. I remember that. I don't. I don't remember how long it went. It was one of the Bloodworth Thomason's shows. Yeah, yeah they did like uh, Design, Fire, Designing, Designing women. women. Yeah. Yeah, Evening Shade. They had like five or six shows on at the same time. They were they were they were Hollywood powerhouses. Mm-hmm, yeah. In fact, I met Bill Clinton twice uh, working on their shows. He came through, you know, because they helped him raise money in California. And oh. um, in fact, when, after after Travelgate, they end up taking over the 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 travel office in the White House. Ah, okay. yeah, which is which is really interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. I totally forgot. You just, I just totally remember Evening Shade, but I like, you know, I just that blanked that blanked my mind though for a minute though. But I'm just, I'm just kind of floored that he's short. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was too. I was like, uh, why is Bert shorter than me? What? <laughs> um, Have I come into the wrong room? Is this the, is this the stand here? <laughs> yeah. But um, it was funny because I put a clip on Facebook where. Where he was on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and he got into it with Mark Summers, and I was just like, "Whoa!" Like Burt Reynolds didn't give up, you know, he didn't get an F. Oh, hilarious! Yeah, he was just like a, like you know, when people say a man's man movie, like you see his movies, it was like he was he was tough in every one of them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's famous for that Playgirl on Spread that he did. Right. <laughs> oh man. Right. <laughs> and the Longest Yard, but yeah, but rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, man. He was he was a class act, you know. Um, I'm sorry, I, I got sidetracked there for a moment. Um, well, so far, um, what what has made you most happy so far in life, so far in the entertainment field, I should say, not personally, but entertainment field. What made you happy? Just getting a lot of work, or? Um, I think I think to still be here after all these years. Uh, you know, my first job was in 1986, I believe. Okay. And to still be doing it 32 years later. Um, I think, I think is a pretty good accomplishment. Um, you know, I think um, clearly I'm not where I want to be, but I'm, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a good thing. I think Martin Luther King said it best when he said longevity has its place. Yeah, that's, that, that is so true. Um, do you remember your first role, like movie role and what was it? Do you remember yeah, well, my first TV role was Hill Street Blues. Yeah, you know, played the drug dealer. Then, mm-hmm. and then, the, uh, then I didn't work for a year <laughs> in TV or film. And then, and then my first uh, movie role was uh, I played a construction worker in um, Caddyshack Two. Oh wow! Okay, okay, wow. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a big, tiny little role. I mean, I think I worked a week or two, but you know. It, it, well, it is what it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny how people because yeah, I remember um, Don Cheadle. Like, I remember he had a tiny little role. I don't know if you remember this movie called Moving Violations with uh, um, James Keach, Stacey Keach's brother, and oh, yeah, um, yeah. John yeah, Murray. Yeah. 
And and the you know, the only lines he had in the movie was "Good evening, how can I help you?" Where all the cars are just piling up. I was like, "Oh man, Don Cheadle," you know, and that was like his only speaking role. So it's kind of crazy yeah. where you know you have like what well, in in your role as a construction worker, did you speak or it was just like a pass on role or? It was it was it, it was a speaking role. Um, what, what the industry normally calls an under five. You know, yeah. it's like it was it was under five lines, but. Um, you know, I, I was on camera a lot as we shot, but then by the time they cut it, you know, it's, <laughs> I, get, I get a couple of my lines are still in, <laughs> and, that's like, and then that's that. <laughs> um, uh, Mark, what is your personal motto? I don't know that I have a personal motto. I, I think I try to live my life every day um, by treating people the way I would like to be treated. Oh, okay. Do you have, like, a favorite quote? that you go by or anything or any particular no i i, I you know it's like I, I i read the bible every day mm-hmm. and and um so my favorite quote changes every day and i think um uh this too shall pass yeah you know sticks with me all the time whenever something is bothering me you know that comes to mind this too shall pass yeah, and, and 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 that's a good thing. And then and then uh, I love uh, the scripture, First Thessalonians five seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I find myself all all day, every day, as I'm going through life, I just talk to God. You know, and try try to try to make a, a relationship with with God. That's that that's. Um, tangible for me it's like you know some people say well how do you, how do you believe in a god that you can't see and it's like well i, I gotta believe in something mm-hmm. and that's where i am so. wow. um when when um when you've been to new york have you ever been to times square church i haven't um, oh, okay. um in fact in fact uh, you know here's a problem with, with me being in new york whenever i'm in new york it's always quick it's like it's like i go once a year and do an event at Flushing Meadows Park, mm. and I try to get into the city to go to Virgil's because <laughs> <laughs> that is like uh, the best smoked chicken wings in the world are at Virgil's mm-hmm. Barbecue. Really? Right Times Square. Yeah. Yo, uh, have you heard of Dallas BBQ? Dallas BBQ is really good there too for like the ribs. Ooh, it's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about those wings at Virgil's. Oh, the ri- <laughs> just the wings. Those, those smoked wings are amazing. Wow. Um, uh, so, so, um, but every time I'm in New York, it's like I'm always in and out so fast. It's like I wish I could get a job there and stay for about six months so I could really experience it. Yeah. The, the longest I've ever been there has been two weeks, and I worked every day of those two weeks. Mm. So I didn't really get to, get to have a good time. Um, the first time I went to New York, I don't think I slept at all because. You know, friends were like, hey, beat me at fans at 3 a.m. Yeah. I was like, what? What are you, a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> Just take a nap at 10 and then get up at like, you know, 1 or 2 and then meet me over there. I was like, all right. That's <laughs> 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 so, so crazy. But, but it's like, I, I, yeah, I wish I could spend some more time in New York. And like I'm working on a one-man show right now. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm writing it with a friend of mine, Chris Clobber. And um, the goal is to try to get it to Broadway. Oh, that would be awesome. That's like the ultimate goal right there, right? Broadway. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think out of all the things that I've done in the industry, I think um, uh, Broadway is, is where I wanted to do something. I, I kind of wish I would have gone to New York after college, but I was already working in TV and film, and so it just made sense to keep chasing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did because I'm, you know, I'm at a point now where, where, um, uh, I can retire if I needed to, <laughs> um, That's but the other side, yeah. the other side is that, um, uh, if you blow up big enough, you can always get to, you can always get to Broadway because yeah. you, you get a bunch of friends that put some money in and, and, and you go and produce your own vehicle. Um, but this thing is, is, uh, this, this piece that we're working on hopefully can get me there. So I think the concept is high enough so that we can, uh, give it a good run. Oh, best of luck to you for that. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. And, um, my final question for you, Mark is what would the Mark of today tell the Mark of yesterday? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, plug your social media. Plug any upcoming movies you have, shows, or whatnot. Uh, thank you, Ephraim. Um, um, wow, social media, I'm easy to find. Mark Christopher Lawrence. Uh, Twitter, Mark CHR Lawrence. Um, Facebook, Mark Christopher Lawrence. Instagram, Mark Christopher Lawrence. Um, coming up, uh, you know, start looking... F- Tell you what, go to go to Drybar Comedy and look for me on Drybar Comedy and and, and watch my special. Um, and then I have you know some some appearances here and there. Uh, Moore Park, California is coming up. Um, I'm, I'm at Madhouse Comedy Club. Oh, okay. You know tonight and tomorrow and uh, high, uh, high Street Art Center in October. So you know just. Keep an eye out on my Facebook page and my Instagram page and see where I'm going to be. If I'm in your city, come and check me out. Wow. Are you coming to Chicago by chance? or? Um, I've been trying to get into Chicago. It's like I went to Chicago uh, to, to do an event. And then while I was there, I, I did uh, a pop in at uh, uh, Zany's. And yeah, then Zany's the person does. who watched me is no longer there. Now mm-hmm. she's at Brad Garrett's Club in Vegas. So I guess I have to... Uh, Keep pushing and try to get back in the 80s because um, I like Chicago a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I like Chicago too, but to me, coming originally from New York, living in Wisconsin, going to Chicago, Chicago to me is New York light. It's very New York light. <laughs> you know? Well, I'll tell you what, Chicago, there's some great food in Chicago. There's um, uh, 20 of the top 100 steakhouses are in Chicago. 
Um, there's also a place called, since we're talking barbecue, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a place called uh, Green Street Smoked Meats. Green Street Smoked Meats. Oh, I gotta write that. Man, that place is amazing. They have uh, the smoked pastrami. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. It is, it is so good. And in fact, I, I, sent, I sent them a message on Instagram yesterday to see if they could ship me some. And the guy goes, man, I wish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, it's that good? Jeez. I'm telling you, I went there to eat, and then um, I go back to the hotel and start getting ready for my event. And I do the event that night, this uh, fundraiser, because I, I work with charities, um, Human Growth Foundation and Act Today for Military Families. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the Human Growth Foundation gala. I do the event, and I never get to eat at the gala, because as soon as dinner starts, I always get somebody tapping me on the shoulder. Okay, we're ready for you to start the start the program. <laughs> so I never get I never get past the salad. So, so I get up and I, I start the event. And then when it's over, I go back to my hotel room and I go, man, I wish I'd have brought some of that pastrami back to the hotel because it was so good. Wow, wow. Yes, yeah, so if you're ever in Chicago, man, go to Green Street Smoked Meats. Green Street Smoked Meats. I gotta remember that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm home on Instagram. You'll see it. Oh man, okay. I gotta find it. Is it? Is it? Um, what's like the typical like uh, dinner for two? Like over a hundred dollars or less? Than no, that? no, no. Oh. It's no. It's 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 reasonable. It's like it's like um like you can you can buy like pastrami. I bought it. You you can buy it by the pound. So yeah. you can you know give me a quarter pound of this, a quarter pound of that, or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, 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 um, um, I thought it was like a restaurant, restaurant. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was like a restaurant type thing. No, no. Well, it is. Um, it is a restaurant. Oh, it is so it? You can go in and sit down, and but you, you know, you order, and, and then, you know, but you order what you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a barbecue joint, but it's... Oh, it's, okay, okay, okay. I with a that. restaurant feel. It's very cool. Oh, man. It's right across from the Soho Noodle House. Oh, okay. Because Chicago's, like, so small, so it's, like, it's so easy to, like, to get to places. To get to stuff, yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. it's like a little, like, a Monopoly game. Like, I call it. I'll tell you right now, it's an it's a, it's a $8 Uber ride from my hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that is so cool, man. I got to check that out, man, Mark. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices.